Hey church, it's Pastor Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you follow us on social media, at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus. So here it is. Good morning. Welcome to Fern Creek Christian Church. We are so glad that you're here with the family today. If I haven't had the opportunity to, to meet you yet, my name is Gary Boschain. I'm the new kids minister here at the church. And I am so grateful, so grateful that the Lord uh, gives us the opportunity to serve with you here at Fern Creek. Uh, this morning, you might notice we've got a lot of kids uh, here in the service with us. So kids, welcome. Uh, we're glad that you're here today. Uh, as you came in, you were given a sermon outline sheet. Good to see you, bud. Uh, give us through an outline sheet, and you'll find eight boxes on the sheet. We're going to go box by box, and kids, one to 105. If you'd like to draw along with us today, I'd love to, uh, love to give you that opportunity. Uh, the first picture I want you to draw is a picture of our church full of kids. Uh, I am so grateful uh, that Fern Creek Christian Church is a multi-generational church, uh, we're a church that worships God in three different languages, lifting up the name of Jesus here in Fern Creek. Uh, this Family Sunday, adults, please smile and wave at the kids. Smile and wave. Kids, please smile and wave back at the adults. Uh, let me be honest as we get started. You know, sometimes as a parent, um, I feel a bit on edge when I have my youngest in the worship service. And maybe you feel that way this morning. Uh, but I want you to know that there is something beautiful about worshiping the Lord together as a family. Uh, I am a terrible singer, um, but I have great memories of singing praises to Jesus in the ears of each of my kids in worship. I think communion can be incredibly meaningful uh, when you're sitting together as a family. And, and so I understand today that you might feel a little, a little stressed. Uh, sometimes my little God does great. Uh, sometimes not so much. But we love kids at Fern Creek, don't we? We love kids, don't we? Yeah, we love kids here at Fern Creek. And healthy churches are full of kids. And I hope and pray that this is always a place that is full of joy and laughter and kids because we love kids at Fern Creek and Jesus loves kids. Uh, you might remember in Matthew chapter 19, uh, the people are bringing their kids to Jesus and the disciples think Jesus is too busy and they try to shoo the, the children away. Remember what Jesus said? Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Uh, the kids are here with us this morning. And I've got to think that maybe there's something that we as adults could learn as the kids worship Jesus. You see, Jesus saw value in kids. And today on this Family Sunday, I think we can find great value in a child king named Josiah. The record of Josiah's reign is found in the books of 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. I define these Old Testament books of history. Uh, just turn in the center of your Bible and keep turning left. Kids, I hope you understand 
that the Bible is not a fairy tale. The Bible is not make believe that in the scriptures we learn a picture of who God is and his desire for us and the extent to which he would go because of his love for you and for me. Today, let's look at King Josiah. King Josiah, 2 Kings chapter 22, of a man who followed the Lord faithfully. The text tells us Josiah was eight years old when he became king. He was eight years old when he became king. In box number three today, why don't you draw, box number two, why don't you draw a picture of a child king? A child king. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Craig shared about a king named King Uzziah. Uh, king Uzziah became king when he was just 16 years old. In box three, draw a picture of a teenage king. Now, to illustrate uh, Craig's point, he crowned a different 16-year-old monarch in each of the worship services. Uh, Craig crowned my son, my 16-year-old son, Jake, King Jake during first service a couple of weeks ago. And Jacob made a royal proclamation. He proclaimed that he was going to close every White Castle. Now, one of our Fern Creek families left church after, after worship and went to, to uh, White Castle just in case King Jake was going to close it. Uzziah became king when he was 16. Josiah became king when he was eight. Now, when I was eight years old, uh, I was busy doing a few things. Watching DuckTales, of course, on, on TV. Uh, I spent time riding my bicycle uh, down to the end of my dead-end street. And I would enjoy a good chicken McNugget happy meal anytime I had the opportunity. That's, that's what I like to do when I was eight. I want to ask you, kids, talk to your parents and grandparents and ask them what they liked to do when they were eight. Uh, adults, feel free to talk to each other. Uh, what did you like to do when you were eight years old? Go ahead and talk. So Josiah became king when he was eight. Now understand that as an eight-year-old king, he did not mandate, he did not mandate later bedtimes for elementary school kids. He did not, he did not mandate that there could be no homework on days ending in Y. He, he didn't outlaw Brussels sprouts and encourage milkshakes and pop rocks every night. That's not what Josiah did. Now, Josiah did something significant and it wasn't just, wasn't just what he did. It was who Josiah was. I look back with me, 2 Kings 22 and verse 2. It says, Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. Could that same thing be said of us? Do we do what is right? Do we follow the ways of the Lord without swerving to the right or to the left? In box number four, I want to ask you to draw a face, draw a face with beady eyes looking straight ahead. 
You see, Josiah kept his gaze, kept his eyes fixed on the ways of God. And understand, Josiah wasn't sinless. He wasn't sinless. But Josiah had a heart that followed the Lord's instructions. He followed him. In fact, Josiah's mandates would go even further than King David and King Hezekiah. I want to ask you to take a look at the screens right now. Uh, every Sunday morning in our K to second class, um, our students um, watch a Saddleback cartoon to illustrate the Bible story. And so, kids, I hope this helps you understand Josiah's story. But that's for the adults as well. I, I hope we all learn something from, from uh, Josiah via cartoon this morning. Take a look at the screen. God's masterpiece, Josiah. This is Josiah. Hello. Josiah became king of Israel when he was only eight years old. Yep. Now the country of Israel had a very long line of kings who did many bad things, including Josiah's father and grandfather. These kings did not follow after God, and they ignored his commandments and his law. But when Josiah became king, he did what God wanted him to and followed the example of King David. Yeah! Eighteen years after Josiah became king, he sent one of his court secretary, Shaphan, to God's temple. Thank you. Many of the kings before Josiah did not take good care of God's house, so it was in need of repair. Hmm. While they're in the temple, Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, Hey! I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. So Shaphan took the scroll back to King Josiah and read it to him. <laughs> when Josiah heard what was in the book, he was greatly upset. Oh no! Because the people of Israel were not doing the things that God asked him to do, and Josiah knew that God must be angry with Israel for not obeying his commandments. Josiah gathered together all the people of Israel to the temple and read the entire book of the covenant to them. That very day, Josiah and all the people promised that they would obey all of what God commanded with all their hearts and souls. Josiah went on to help Israel become a people fully committed to God. He tore down all the other temples and the idols that they had set up. He got rid of all the people who were doing bad things all throughout Israel. And he did all that was commanded in God's book. Never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart and soul and strength, obeying all the laws of Moses. And there has never been a king like him since. You see, God brought about a revival and it started with an eight-year-old king. And I have to wonder that if God could start a revival then and with this young man, I have to wonder if God could start a revival, if God could start a revival here in our midst, in a church that loves the Lord and loves its community so selflessly, 
as a congregation that is hashtag for Fern Creek, I hope and pray that more and more that God would use us to point people to Jesus. Uh, John the Baptist said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I hope and pray that that would be our desire as believers in Jesus, that we would say, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I think that that could start today with an eight-year-old boy or girl or an 18-year-old young man or woman or a, a person in their 40s or 60s or 80s or 100 years old. I believe God can use us mightily in his kingdom. You see, God was continually working in Josiah's life. And it's incredible because we can see a progression happen that Josiah continued to grow in his love and his understanding of the Lord. He continued to grow as Jesus did in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. When Josiah was just eight, he became king and did what was right in the eyes of God. He followed completely the ways of his father, King David. Now, his biological father was a man named Amon, and Amon was not a good guy. He served as king for just two years, and he was actually assassinated by his servants. He was wicked. His reign was full of idolatry. So his dad is gone, and you've got this eight-year-old little boy serving as king who did what was right. And likely he did what was right because he had godly advisors in his life. I've got to tell you as a parent, um, there is something about people who invest in my kids. And throughout their lives, they've had men and women who have stood with Renee and I in the gap. And I thank you. So many of you are, are doing that as well. I want to take this moment and say thank you to our kids ministry workers I tell you, we are so blessed with so many amazing people who serve the Lord with our kids here at Fern Creek, and they have a well-deserved day off uh, this morning. Uh, So thank you so much for what you do. Uh, And I want to encourage you, if you're ever interested in investing in the lives of eight-year-olds today, the way people invested in Josiah's life those years ago, you talk to me anytime, and I would love to plug you into ministry in that way. Josiah was eight, and he was following in the ways of God. When Josiah was 16, he began to personally follow the Lord. Uh, look with me, uh, 2 Chronicles 34. I'm sorry, not 34. Yeah, 34, uh, beginning in verse 3. It says, in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. Uh, so pop quiz. All right, kids, you ready for a pop quiz? JCPS is getting ready to go back in school this week. Y'all ready? Who's ready? Some enthusiasm. Adults, who's ready? Yeah, all right, here we go. So how old was Josiah when he became king? Eight, good. How, uh, how many years has he been serving at this point? Eight, all right. So he was eight, been serving eight. So how old is Josiah at this point? He's 16, and he's beginning to follow the ways of God personally. When he is 20 years old, he began to cleanse Jerusalem and Judah of idolatry. The text says in his 20th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of high places, Asher poles and idols. 
Under his direction, the altars of the Baals were torn down. He cut to pieces the incense altars that were above them and smashed the Asherah poles and the idols. Does anyone think demolition is kind of fun? Anybody? All right, y'all want to destroy a few things right now? Yeah! We have any more enthusiasm? Yeah, yeah, let's destroy a couple things. All right, now when I was uh, in fifth grade, I should probably warn you all this. When I was in fifth grade, I, I took karate class for two weeks. So I would say if everyone here, I probably understand the ancient art of karate better than anyone else. And, and so uh, right now we're going we're gonna to demolish a couple things. Y'all ready? Okay, uh, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to kick down the altars of the Baals. When I kick it down, I want you to yell on three. hi yeah. Ready? One, two, three. All right. That was fun. Did y'all have fun? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Okay. Now got a ball. Okay. We're going to knock down some idols. You ready? Who's ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Knock down some idols. One, two, three, and yell kapow. Ready? One. All right. Let's start over. Ready? All right, we're being like King Josiah. And my favorite, it's really fun being the kids' minister. I get to buy remote-controlled cars. Uh, we're excited. Camp Cowabunga is coming. This will be used at Camp Cowabunga. Uh, parents, uh, look at the website for all elementary school kids. <laughs> sure, come on up. All right, this is my son, Ben. Can everyone say hi, Ben? Hi. Will you say hi, everybody? All right, when it falls, yell boom. Oh, we're going to do this again. Oh, nice job. Good job, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Love that kid. All right. So King Josiah saw that many of the things there in his nation did not please God. And so he worked diligently to get rid of it, to get rid of them. And King Josiah did not stop when he was 20 years old. When he was 26, he ordered that God's temple be repaired. And in the process of repairing the temple, they found the book of the law. And when Josiah read the book of the law, he was cut to the heart because he realized that, that his people were not following God and had not been following God the way they were supposed to. And so he ripped his clothes because he was so distraught, so overcome because of the idolatry. And so he had his people go talk to the prophet. And Prophet Hilda uh, sent back a message to King Josiah that said that because he had so selflessly and humbly and passionately sought the ways of God, that the destruction would not come before his eyes at that time. You see, Josiah read it and he renewed the covenant to follow the Lord. With all of his heart 
and with all of his soul and to obey the words of the covenant written in this book. Then he had everyone in Jerusalem and Benjamin pledge themselves to it. The people of Jerusalem did this in accordance with the covenant of God, the God of their ancestors. You see, the word of God moved Josiah to action. It moved him to action. In box six, kids, would you draw a picture of feet? Okay, draw a picture of a set of feet, a pair of feet. You see, the word of God did something in Josiah's heart. Like seed on good soil, it took root and it grew and it moved to action. You see, he put God's word to practice in his life. And I believe that Josiah's example should stand as a solid example to us of what we should do with the word of God. Hebrews chapter four tells us for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing, nothing, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything, everything. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Josiah was drawn to conviction. He was drawn to action. Y'all want to play a game? Y'all want to play a game? All right, let's play a game called Let's Pretend. Let's Pretend. And uh, this is a story that Chuck Swindoll tells in his book, Improving Your Serve. He says, let's pretend that I own a growing business, a business that is growing and flourishing, and I want to expand my business overseas. I make the decision to leave you in charge as my executive assistant, and I tell you that while I'm in Europe, I'll continue to send letters with all my instructions. I leave... I'm gone for months and you stay. And a trail of letters are mailed from Europe and arrive to you at our home office. I spend my time there. I get the branch office set up and I come back home. When I pull into the office, I see that the grass has grown up everywhere. It looks awful. Uh, some of the windows near the street are broken. I'm frustrated. And I walk into the office complex and the receptionist is busy doing her nails and chewing gum and listening to her favorite disco station. I can notice that the trash cans are overflowing and that that the, the carpet hasn't been swept in weeks. And I ask about you and your whereabouts and they say, I think he's down the hallway somewhere. I bump into you and you're finishing a chess game with our sales manager. And I ask you to step into my office, which has been turned into a TV room to watch afternoon soap operas. And I look at you and I say, what have you been doing? Didn't you get any of my letters? And you say, sure, I got your letters. We've actually started a, a large group of people and we get together on Friday nights as a team to read and study your letters together. In fact, we've divided the office into small groups 
where we study them in, in depth together. Great stuff in those letters. In fact, many of us have memorized many of your sentences and paragraphs. A few folks have actually memorized a whole letter or two. Great stuff in those letters. And I look at you and I say, but what did you do with my letters? And you say, do? We didn't do anything about them. Brothers and sisters, they received the word. They received it. They read it. They studied it. They even memorized it, but they didn't do anything with it. It didn't spark them to action. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, how about you and me? In box seven, I want you to draw a picture of a Bible. Draw a picture of a Bible. Do you do what the word of God says? Do you do what the word says? Are you actively striving to apply the whole word of God? Sure, some things might seem like a a piece of cake. I don't kill folks, but do we gossip? Do we worry? Do we hate? You see, Josiah, Josiah was a leader. The word of God did something in his life. Does the word of God do something in ours? Let me ask you, kids. Does understanding the Bible teaches that we should obey our parents, does that lead you to obey your parents? Christians, knowing that the Bible calls us to honesty, does it lead you to be honest? God's call to purity, does it lead you to purity? Does God's call to selflessly love others, does it leads you to pour out your love and to forgive and heal. How many of our Bibles are covered with dust? How many of our Bibles are not read? How many of our Bibles are read and then not apply? I think we should sing a song together. Does that sound good? All right, Brother Zola is going to lead us in an old kid's song. Now, I can't sing a lick. I'm just going to do the motions. If you know the motions to this song, if you want to sing along, I want you to do this together right now. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rain came tumbling down. The floods came up and the rain came down. The floods came up and the rain came down. The floods came up and the rain came down. And the wise man's house stood firm. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rain came tumbling down. Oh, the rain came down, and the floods came up. The rain came down, and the floods came up. The rain came down, and the floods came up, 
in a foolish man's house went splat. Thank you, my friend. Do y'all know that that kid's song comes right out of the scriptures? Comes right out of Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is bringing to a conclusion the Sermon on the Mount. And he gives us a few illustrations to remind us that what he has said shouldn't just move to our ears, but should move to our minds and our hearts and be lived out with our lives. Brothers and sisters, Josiah found the word of God. He found it. We have it. We have it. Many of us have many copies of the Bible. And many of us carry the Bible around with us 24 hours a day on our phones. Our phones will even read the Bible to us. I checked this week and Alexa will even read the Bible to us. You know, Josiah only had a portion. He only had a small part of the word of God. Yet we have all of it. We have all of it. What do we do with it? Josiah read it, obeyed it, and encouraged others to do the same. How about us? James says, James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, continuing to do this, he will be blessed in what he does. Josiah followed God. He continued to grow in his understanding and his relationship and his obedience to God. And as he grew in faith, he humbled himself, he obeyed God, and he did everything he could to get himself and others away from a life of sin. My friends, is there something in the word of God that you aren't doing? You've heard it. You know it. Maybe today's the day to be cut to the heart and to actually start putting into practice. Maybe for us, it's sin in our lives that we know we shouldn't be doing. You know, maybe for us, it's not necessarily things we need to start, need to stop doing. Maybe it's stuff we need to start doing. Is there something that, you know, the Bible teaches that's right and you know, it's time to, to put feet on the gospel I want you to look at the text with me, 2 Kings 23. Let's see what it says about Josiah. It says, Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. My friends, there was no human king like Josiah. But I hope you understand that there is no king. There is no king like King Jesus, like King Jesus, King Jesus, who, though he is Lord of lords and king of kings, left heaven and came to us. He came to us 
wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And Jesus grew and lived a sinless life and gave his life on the cross because he loved you and me that much. Jesus, risen from the grave, exalted in heaven. He is king. When I was a a little boy in vacation Bible school, I remember just a little line, just a little line from a song I probably learned when I was in preschool at VBS. Hallelujah, Jesus is king. Hallelujah, Jesus is king. And I've held on to that for the last 35 years. And I pray that that is a truth that will carry us into eternity. Hallelujah, Jesus is king. Right now, as a church family, we have the opportunity to approach the Lord as we take communion together. And I think that communion can be a beautiful, meaningful moment taken together as a family. Um, Our little guy, um, Ben, uh, my wife started whispering in his ear during communion when he was little, uh, just explaining what it was all about. And and now when Ben's in the service with us, uh, Ben explains it to us. Um, I want to encourage you, parents, know you've got freedom if you want to talk to your kids during this time. If you want to tell them why the Lord's Supper is significant to you, if you want to tell them why you praise King Jesus, if you want to talk about what the bread represents, if you want to talk about what the juice represents, know you can do that right now as we say thank you, as we examine ourselves and praise King Jesus this time of communion. Let's pray. Well, thanks for listening to FC Radio. Hope you feel encouraged by that sermon to love, live, and lead like Jesus. To be a disciple that makes more disciples. That is what life is all about. If you have a decision you would like to make, either to transfer your membership or maybe even to enter the waters of baptism, you name the time, we got the place, we would love to talk with you about baptism and help you and walk you through that process. If you would like to get connected to our church, maybe you're looking for a place to serve, maybe you're looking for a place to join a life group and share life with other believers. Or maybe you just have questions about what ministries and what missional outreach happens here at Fern Creek Christian Church. If you have any questions about your faith, well, why don't you email us at office at ferncreekcc.org and we will get any information you'd like your way. Hey, we invite you to worship with us in person on Sunday mornings. We have three services, our homecoming service at 845 and our two contemporary services at 10 and 1115. If you have any prayer requests, we would love to pray for you. Either text in that prayer request to 502-299-1911 or email us at office at ferncreekcc.org. If you feel led to give to the ministry that is happening here at Fern Creek Christian Church, I want to give you a few ways to give. You can either bring a check in person during our office hours, which you can find on our website, or you can go online to www.ferncreekcc.org. There's a big giving tab on the home page in the top right corner. Click that and you can easily give online. 
Well, Fern Creek Christian Church is a church that loves, lives, and leads like Jesus. We want to be disciples who make more disciples. Don't forget that we would really like for you to join us and worship with us in person. We want to meet you. We want to connect with you and get you connected with others. Grace, peace. See you next week.